Hi, this is Father Neil here and welcome to the April 25th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we're looking at numbers 914 to 933 of the Catechism. 3. The Consecrated Life The state of life which is constituted by the profession of the Evangelical Councils, while not entering into the hierarchical structure of the Church, belongs undeniably to our life and holiness. Evangelical Councils, Consecrated Life. 915. Christ proposes the Evangelical Councils in their great variety to every disciple. The perfection of charity, to which all the faithful are called, entails for those who freely follow the call to consecrated life, the obligation of practising chastity in celibacy for the sake of the kingdom, poverty and obedience. It is the profession of these councils within a permanent state of life recognised by the Church that characterises the life consecrated to God. 916. The state of consecrated life is thus one way of experiencing a more intimate consecration rooted in baptism and dedicated totally to God. In the consecrated life, Christ faithful, moved by the Holy Spirit, propose to follow Christ more ne- more nearly, to give themselves to God, who is loved above all, and pursuing the perfection of charity in the service of the kingdom, so signify and proclaim in the church the glory of the world to come. One great tree with many branches. 917. From the God-given seed of the councils, a wonderful and wide-spreading tree has grown up in the field of the Lord, branching out into various forms of the religious life, lived in solitude or in community. Different religious families have come into existence in which spiritual resources are multiplied for the progress in holiness of their members and for the good of the entire body of Christ. 918. From the very beginning of the Church, there were men and women who set out to follow Christ with greater liberty and to intimate him more closely. Sorry, and to imitate him more closely by practising the evangelical counsels. They led lives dedicated to God, each in his own way. Many of them, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, became hermits or founded religious families. These the Church, by virtue of her authority, gladly accepted and approved. 919 bishops will always strive to discern new gifts of consecrated life granted to the Church by the Holy Spirit, the approval of new forms of consecrated life is reserved to the Holy See. The Eremitic Life, 920. Without always, professing the th- without always professing the three evangelical councils publicly, hermits devote their life to the praise of God and salvation of the world through a stricter separation from the world, the silence of solitude and assiduous prayer and penance. 921. They manifest to everyone the interior aspect of the mystery of the Church, that is, personal intimacy with Christ, hidden from the eyes of men, the life of a hermit, is a silent preaching of the Lord to whom he has surrendered his life, simply because he is everything to him. Here is a particular call to find in the desert, in the thick of the spiritual battle, the glory of the crucified one, consecrated virgins and widows, From apostolic times, Christian virgins and widows, called by the Lord to cling only to him, with greater freedom of heart, body and spirit, 
have decided, with the Church's approval, to live in the respective states of virginity or perpetual chastity for the sake of the Kingdom of Heaven. 4.23 Virgins, who committed to the holy plan of following Christ more closely, are consecrated to God by the diocesan bishop, according to the approved liturgical rite, are betrothed mystically to Christ, the Son of God, and are dedicated to the service of the Church. By the solemn rite, consecratio virginum, the Virgin is is constituted a sacred person, a transcendent sign of the Church's love for Christ, and an eschatological image of the heavenly Bride of Christ and of the life to come. 424. As with other forms of consecrated life, the Order of Virgins establishes the woman living in the world, or the nun, in prayer, penance, service of her brethren, and apostolic activity, according to the state of life and spiritual gifts given to her. Consecrated virgins can form themselves into associations to observe their commitments more faithfully. Religious life. 925. Religious life was born in the East during the first centuries of Christianity, lived within institutions canonically erected by the Church. It is distinguished from other forms of consecrated life by its liturgical character, public profession of the Evangelical Council's fraternal life, led in common and witness given to the union of Christ and the Church. 926. Religious life derives from the mystery of the Church. It is a gift she has received from her Lord a gift she offers as a stable way of life to the faithful, called by God to profess the counsels. Thus, the Church can show, can both show forth Christ and acknowledge herself to be the Saviour's bride. Religious life, in its various forms, is called to signify the very charity of God in the language of our time. 927. All religions, all religious, whether exempt or not, take their place among the collaborators of the diocesan priest, a bishop, in his pastoral duty. From the outset of the work of evangelization, the missionary planting and expansion of the church require the presence of the religious life in all its forms. History witnesses to the outstanding service rendered by religious families in the propagation of the faith and in the formation of new churches, from the ancient monastic institutes to the medieval orders, all the way to the more recent congregations. Secular Institutes, 928. A secular institute is an institute of consecrated life in which the Christian faithful living in the world strive for perfection of charity and work for the sanctification of the world, especially from within. 929. By living perfectly and entirely consecrated to such sanctification, the members of these institutes share in the Church's task of evangelization in the world and from within the world, where their presence acts as a leaven in the world. Their witness of a Christian life aims to order temporal things according according to God and inform the world with the power of the gospel. They commit themselves to the evangelical councils by sacred bonds and observe among themselves the communion and fellowship appropriate to their particular secular way of life. Societies of Apostolic Life. 9.30. Alongside the different forms of consecrated life are societies of apostolic life, whose members without religious vows pursue the particular apostolic purpose of their society, 
and lead a life as brothers or sisters in common, according to the particular manner of life, strive for the perfection of charity through the observance of the constitutions. Among these, there are societies in which the members embrace the evangelical councils according to their constitutions. Consecration and Mission, Proclaiming the King Who Is Coming 931. Already dedicated to him through baptism, the person who surrenders himself to God, he loves above all else, thereby consecrates himself more intimately to God's service and to the good of the Church. By this state of life, consecrated to God, the Church manifests Christ and shows us how the Holy Spirit acts so wonderfully in her. And so the first mission of those who profess the evangelical councils is to live out their consecration. Moreover, since members of institutes of consecrated life dedicate themselves through their consecration to the service of the church, they are obliged in a special manner to engage in missionary work in accord with the character of the institute. 9.32 In the church, which is like the sacrament, the sign and instrument of God's own life, the consecrated life is seen as a special sign of the mystery of redemption. To follow and imitate Christ more, ne- more nearly and to manifest more clearly his self-emptying is the most deeply present to one's contemporaries in the heart of Christ. To those who are on this narrower path, encourage their brethren by their example and bear striking witness that the world cannot be transfigured and offered to God without the spirit of the Beatitudes. 9.33 Whether their witness is public, as in the religious state, or less public, or even secret, Christ's coming remains for all those consecrated, both the origin and the rising sun of their life. For the people of God has here no lasting city, and this state reveals more clearly to all believers the heavenly goods which are already present in this age, witnessing to the new and eternal life which we have acquired through the redemptive work of Christ and precluding our future resurrection and the glory of heavenly kingdoms, of the heavenly kingdom. Okay, very well. So this third grouping, again, not surprisingly, the day before yesterday, we had the, um, we had the, the clergy, the hierarchy of the church. And uh, yesterday we were looking at the laity and today we're looking at the religious. It's very unfortunate today that the religious life is um, seems to be disappearing in many places. And yet it's something that's always been there in Christianity. This witness of people who give themselves fully to God. Again, there are many, many ways of doing this. But the witness of people who fully hand themselves over to God. Who make a, a vow, they take a solemn oath or a vow or a religious profession or are consecrated to live fully for God. And on the basic level, by not being married. Or if they're widowed or a widower, to not get married again. But this, this witness to the world that life doesn't come from sex. Life doesn't come just from having a family. Life doesn't come from our job. Life doesn't come from money. Life doesn't even come from being able to do what I want. But life comes from Jesus Christ. 
And because of that, people can live in humility, chastity and obedience. Letting somebody else tell them what to do. Letting somebody else even decide what country they live in. So these things, this surrender that's there in the, um, in the consecrated life is a fundamental witness to Jesus. The same way the married couple can be a fundamental witness or a single person living in the world can be a fundamental witness or uh, a young person who hasn't decided their, their way of life yet and is living in uh, protecting their virginity to know what the Lord wants them to do. All these can be witnesses of Christ. But that there is a need for this witness of people who give themselves fully to the Lord. And this is, um, again, it's something beautiful, something that unfortunately seems to be shrinking today. Um, it could be that in earlier uh, decades there was, a, the, particularly in the middle of the 20th century, there was a, a maybe, maybe we had too many religious, but now we're definitely going to the other extreme. And so it's important that this, uh, this, this start again, that this witness be given again, this witness that, that God is enough, that it's possible to live for God and from God and not to be continually craving for life, sucking life out of everything, out of our job, out of our money, out of our relationships, out of our family, but to see that life, an abundant life and happiness can come from Jesus Christ and that somebody can be totally poor in the eyes of the world and still be happier and richer and freer than a millionaire. So again, this is what we're, uh, this is what we're looking at today. Um, tomorrow we'll be continuing and tomorrow we'll be starting a new section. So we'll be looking at 9.14 to 9.33. So I'll just re read the in brief section now. In brief, 9... Sorry, uh, tomorrow we'll be reading 9.46 to 9.53. We just read 9.14 to 9.33 now. So I'm going to read the in brief. In brief, 9.34. Among the Christian faithful, by divine institution, there exist in the church sacred ministers who are also called clerics in law and other Christians faithful when they are called laity. In both groups, there are those Christian faithful who, professing the evangelical councils, are consecrated to God and, and so serve the church's saving mission. 9.35. To proclaim the faith and to plant his reign, Christ sends his apostles and their successors. He gives them a share in his own mission. From him they receive the power to act in his person. 9.36. The Lord made St. Peter the visible foundation of his church. He entrusted the keys of the church to him. The bishop of the Church of Rome, successor to St. Peter, is head of the College of the Apostles, of the Bishops, the Vicar of Christ and Pastor of the Universal Church on Earth. 937. The Pope enjoys by divine institution supreme, full, immediate and universal power in the care of souls. 938. The Bishops established by the Holy Spirit succeed the Apostles. They are the visible source and foundation of unity in their own particular churches. 939. Helped by the priests, their co-workers, and by the deacons, the bishops have the duty of authentically teaching the faith, celebrating divine worship above all the Eucharist, and guiding their churches as true pastors. 
Their responsibility also includes concerns for all the churches with and under the Pope. 940. The characteristic of the lay state, being a life led in the midst of the world and of secular affairs, lay people are called by God to make their apostolate through the vigour of their Christian spirit a leaven in the world. 941. Lay people share in Christ's priesthood, ever more united with him, they exhibit the grace of baptism and confirmation in all the dimensions of their personal family, social and ecclesial lives and so fulfil the call to holiness addressed to the baptised. 942. By virtue of the prophetic mission, lay people are called to be witnesses to Christ in all circumstances and at the very heart of the community of mankind. 943. By virtue of their kingly mission, lay people have the power to uproot the rule of sin within themselves and in the world by their self-denial and holiness of life. 944. The life consecrated to God is characterised by the public profession of the evangelical counsels of poverty, chastity and obedience in a stable state of life recognised by the Church. 945. Already destined for him through baptism. The person who surrenders himself to God, to the God he loves above all else thereby consecrates himself more intimately to God's service and to the good of the whole church. So very well, again tomorrow we'll look at numbers 946 to 953. God bless.